Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. You are going to love today's interview. I know you are because I got to spend some time with our guest earlier this week, and I, I didn't want to get off the phone with him. I'm going to introduce you in a minute to my new friend, Wes Tarpley. I'll just tell you a few things about him. Wes is a rapper, a poet, composer, gourmet chef, entrepreneur, special ed teacher, car salesman, biker, photographer, encourager. He's done all of those things in his life. He was born in Corpus Christi, Texas, son of farmers, had that growing up, was an Air Force brat, was in uh, three different high schools, Germany, Hawaii, and Virginia. Uh, he's been married 42 years, had his first date with his future wife, Karen, on Friday the 13th, but that's turned out well. They got three daughters and an adopted son, six grandchildren, one on the way. He spent 13 years in restaurant and country club business. 10 years in construction and customer service, 22 years in education. He was radically set free from drugs, cocaine, 35 years ago, when, as he said, he encountered grace himself. And Wes uh, says he was formerly a poor student who loathed reading and writing, but after Christ opened his eyes to his life and love, he's now a voracious reader, writer, I can attest to that, and poet, psalmist, and photographer. And lest you think this might be the only time you get to see him, he and Karen love traveling in their RV and his motorcycle, and they may just come to your community one day. So having said all that, Wes, hello and welcome. Oh, uh, Paul, thank you. Grace and grace and peace, my brother. Thank you for uh, sharing this time with me. Well, it's certainly my privilege and my pleasure. And I've been excited about this ever since uh, we set this time to do it. And well, we're going to have a great time together in the first of many. Wes, I'd like to start out all my Grace to All interviews by asking our guest, how has your growing understanding of God's unconditional love and grace and inclusion for all people, how's that changed? How's that affected your relationships where the rubber hits the road, family, friends, coworkers, people that you interact with? Paul, probably, I'm guessing about six or seven years ago. We had been part of a traditional church for 23 years, Calvary Community Church here in Houston, a wonderful, vibrant church that a good old Southern Baptist church that the Holy Spirit wonderfully invaded and just blew us out of the water with his love for people. And as I began to run my motorcycle more and more, I began to meet other factions of society that I wasn't used to. And they always would call each other brother. And everyone had a tag, like the, the church we became part of, Brotherhood Biker Church, was Padre, which is perfect for father. And as they call each other brother, in the past, I would never have called someone brother that wasn't, quote, a family member or a brother from my church. But as I was around these people from diverse backgrounds, all of a sudden, I found myself calling them brother. And the amazing thing is, I look back at that as that was the great setup, what God was doing in my heart. 
<laughs> and about three years ago, when a precious lady called Donna Reiners here in Houston at God's house challenged me that I had become a bit legalistic. And I'm like, no, 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 not me. <laughs> my daughters, when I'd share that with my daughters, they said, Daddy, you're not as legalistic as you think. And I said, thank you. But a little leaven can leaven the whole loaf. <laughs> and that's when she shared with me a message from Darren Begley on uh, grace and how Darren would say God is gooder than we could ever imagine. And then that's when all of those decades before, when I had listened to hundreds upon hundreds upon hours of Malcolm Smith's mm-hmm. teaching, like a torrent came welling up in me. And I looked out at society and I says, wait, these really are my brothers and sisters. This really is my family. We really are in Christ, totally of the same bloodstream. And it gave me such a vast appreciation of the finished work of Christ, what he has accomplished, it is finished. And then our getting to work that out daily, not in our own strength, but the will and the pleasure of Christ himself in us. And that was about three years ago. And that's been changing my family. One of my daughters who alcohol is ate up and spit out, which it did in a lot of my family, my dad, my grandfather, other parts of my family. One of my sons-in-law who doesn't know who his father is. Another son-in-law whose father died when Carl was 20 and heroin and hepatitis B just destroyed their family. So is in their difficulties, when they're walking to situations where they're not handling it as best they know they should, to have this face right here and my wife look at them and say, I do not accept how you responded to my daughter or some of the things you may have said, but I accept you. I may be disappointed in your choice, but I'm not disappointed in you. And that's where the inclusion has Paul blow me out of the water. And I see great things ahead for the body of Christ in this world is, is chaos seems to be more influential in every aspect of society. That's when God says, light, 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 light. So yeah, lessons, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think as you mentioned earlier this week, when we were talking, it's like we're at a tipping point and all over the world, you know, that tipping point, however you want to view it. I remember as a kid being on a teeter totter. And, uh, you know, there, there would come that tipping point. And I think it's tipped. It's, uh... <laughs> I read a book years ago by Chuck Colson, who was Nixon's hatchet man. Brilliant, brilliant man. And when he was involved in the cover up of Watergate and went to prison, that was his tipping point. And the awakening to Christ. And then he was in prison ministry for, what, 40 years or something. But I agree. We look at society today and liberals hate conservatives and whites hate black. We don't, but the media says that. But in the midst of that, there's a tipping point. People are awakening. And when you get a chance to share with them and talk with them, my wife and I have been election judges for probably 20 years. And when you get to meet the, I'm more conservative type person. And I get to meet the quote liberal type person. The older I get, the more I realize I'm really probably more of a classic liberal, but I'm talking to this quote (laughs) Democrat and and they're talking to me. And at the end of the day, we're arm in arm going like, there's not a lot of difference in us. It's really, that's my brother and that's, I'm their brother too. So (laughs) yeah, we have way more in common than what our uh, differences are. And and I agree with what you said, Wes, the uh, media tends to, well, does play up the differences and build on fear. And that's a whole different subject, but uh, if it bleeds, uh, it reads, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But we have the ability now to see that, to see 
the darkness in that and just to soar above it. And of course, we're going to have different views of how government should uh, work and things like that. But that has nothing to do with separation. It has nothing to do with better than or worse than or condemnation. It shouldn't have. And once we are awakened to the truth of who God is, it doesn't. We love and we enjoy and we appreciate those who look at things a little different than we do. And they do that with us, too. I mean, it, like attracts like. And uh, it's a whole different way to live, isn't it? It is. A, a friend of mine, Lisa, who lives in uh, New Hampshire, put a meme on this week. And it's a beautiful meme. And it, it's the face of a man who's just enraged. And then it shows the hand taking off the mask of enragement. And behind it is the face of utter grief and brokenness. And then another hand takes off that mask of grief and brokenness. And there's a little boy secluded in a corner. And I'm like, if we learn to see people like that, but yet make one more meme. And as that little boy's mask is taken off, there's a love in Christ deep within his heart. He just doesn't know it. And so to begin to look at people that the light of Christ, the love of Christ, it's like it's in them like a dam ready to break forth the tipping point. Like you said, yeah. <laughs> where the rivers of living water are, mm, they're coming <laughs> because well, they're already there. They are. And I've interviewed Lisa on this podcast before. And so a lot of our viewers uh, know who she is. I, I, I love her and her memes and her posts and her heart as do uh, all people who, who know her and being able to see past that outward mask and even the mask right below it and the mask, right under it. I think the telltale sign that people know the only true God, as Jesus called him, is being able to see people as God does and to get past the mask and stuff and to realize there's something that has caused the outward veneer. There are things in the past that have caused that, whatever they may have been, but to get way below that. And as you said, with your kids or or kids-in-law, I love you, nothing will ever change that. I, you know, I may not appreciate the choice you're making right now, but that has nothing to do with our love or who you really are. That's the way that God sees us, isn't it? It is. Back in the old days, when a uh, an Indian would scalp the enemy, they would keep the scalp as their trophy, or the man would notch a mark on his belt that he had shot somebody. And what that reminded me of, Paul, is about 30 or so years ago, and I was just in rapture, I think I mentioned to you, when, when Christ set me free from cocaine and all that. I read the New Testament in two days, the Old Testament in two weeks. I was seeing Jesus in the law, like, wow, before I got polluted. But I was going in to get my hair cut when I had a (laughs) nice head of hair like you. And uh, I had been going in fantastic Sam's for several years. And one day the lady comes up to me and she says, Wesley, we just love it when you come in here. And I go, wow, thank you. I, I like coming in here too. And I go, but obviously you said that for a reason. They said, yeah. They said, we have a lot of Christians that come in here and we appreciate them, but it's like their heart is to get us saved. You come in here and you just love us. I started weeping, brother. I was like, whoa. And that is I'm weeping and Stacy is weeping. Cindy comes over and she opens up that her mom had just discovered they had cancer. And another lady talked about how her brother had committed suicide. And I shared, I had a brother, I lost to suicide. And I had an uncle who had cancer and we began praying together. And sure enough, two of the ladies had a revelation of Christ. But it wasn't me trying to prove something and get a notch on my belt. 
kind of the American way or the Western way, so to speak. But uh, yeah. But I think Paul says we're to be living epistles read by all men, where hope is the the word I think God gave me is optic. We're the optic. They look at you. They look at me. They look at my wife, my family, and they're like, "You've been married forty two years? Yeah. Whoa, how? <laughs> and Christ. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. For years, I proudly called myself an evangelical. I was president of our local uh, association of evangelical pastors for a couple of years. And, you know, that was my identity. And Wes, I've, I've come to realize that uh, yes, yes. Uh, evangelicalism, and, and they're wonderful people there, but the crux of what I was all about as an evangelical was trying to save people from an angry God who doesn't even exist. So the whole principle of what I was doing was misguided. And just like you, I wanted to get those notches on my belt. I, I wanted to stand up in front of my church or go to Bible study or whatever uh, and say, well, I got so-and-so saved this week, saved from an angry God who was going to torture him forever. We're like patting <laughs> ourselves on the back. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, and I, boy, I, I found that for the most part, people smell that coming a mile away. Occasionally, sometimes there, there are people that are in such a state that they're open to something, you know, and they have uh, an experience where they come to a greater knowledge of who they are in Christ. But for the most part, it's a fear-based thing, getting people to, quote, accept a God that doesn't even exist. So the whole thing is, uh, uh, it's a house of cards and it's it's tumbling down. <laughs> I read some data from 10 years ago or so. I don't know if it was Gallup or whom it was, but basically somebody had spent the time you can get online and the ministries, this is how many people came to the Lord this year through us, through our tenure, through our lifetime. And if you add it up across the world, all of the people that had, quote, come to Christ and, and prayed the sinner's prayer, it was like greater than the world population, you know? <laughs> and so I got baptized five times, Paul, you know, I'm one of those, that, like, I, I seriously did, you know, God was like tugging me. <laughs> Five times. <laughs> uh, anyway, that reminds me of those uh, voting districts that have more people vote than there are people who, who live there. It's <laughs> so, something's got to be wrong somewhere. Uh, with well, that's how that. LBJ, our, the president and senator from Texas, won. They went back and did the rigging. <laughs> I watched a special on that on PBS. I was like, wow. <laughs> anyway. That's yeah. a tangent, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, it is. Uh, Wes, we've got so many different things that I want to talk about. In the minutes we have left in this first uh, episode, tell us about that moment that happened when Jesus opened your eyes. Where were you? What was that like? What was the circumstance? I know it's different for everybody. So It is. I had been in restaurants and country clubs. Basically, everybody parties together like crazy. It's a very fun environment, but it's very stressful. And so you work around food and alcohol, and I love a glass of wine or a beer. That's not the point, but it can be very seductive. Well, it is very seductive, but it can be seductive in the wrong way. It's opposed to me celebrating Christ through a great glass of wine and meal with my wife. It's somebody else. Yeah. And so over the years, more infidelity happened and greater abuse of, of drugs, which led into cocaine. And uh, we had a new, new little born baby. Lauren was probably six or seven months old. And we had partied like crazy that night and put a lot of stuff in our bodies. And a few hours later, I'm walking home going, I can't believe 
I have just done what I've done again. It was eating me alive. How could I have shared myself with somebody that was not my parent? And I get home. And interesting enough, Paul, backing up, we started going to counseling. We started going to counseling. We had gone seven times. And finally, the, the counselor said, okay, Wesley, you're very dominant. Karen, you're very stubborn. You have a 7% chance of your marriage succeeding. And I'm like, why would you tell us that? Are you giving us an out? He goes, well, I just assumed you would want to divorce, at least on a friendly basis. And let's just say I don't often use a number one symbol, but I use the number one symbol as we got up and walked out and started going to church. So here I am now starting to go to church, and yet I'm still living in my same lifestyle, which I swear made me more miserable. And as we moved out to our area in Cypress, Texas, they asked me to start teaching Sunday school. So here I am. They thought I had allergies and insects you get from the cocaine, but I'm having to prepare and I'm going to prepare for Sunday school for teaching these second graders, right? And so I'm reading the word and I'm reading scripture and I'm still, whoop, and it was this time that I did what I did. And I get in the shower that night feeling like just filthy. I said, I, I can't, I can't live this way anymore. I said, God, I'm even going to church. I've been in church growing up with mom and dad. And saw my dad with abuse as he opened up from his dad and then Vietnam PTSD, totally, quote, walking away. And he really didn't walk away. He just walked away from the backbiting in the church he was part of. So I'm in that shower and I said, God, if you're real, I am not getting out until I know you. If you're real, I've got to know you. I've got to know you. And Paul, whoa, close encounters. <clears throat> and for the next two hours, I wept and 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 I wept. And these tears were tears of like joy and cleansing and like, wow. I go to church the next day and I go forward and I walk forward during the altar call. I said, I want to be baptized. And the pastor goes, Wes is unsure. I said, I'm not unsure. I want to be baptized, man. <laughs> and that's when. New Testament, I read it in two days, Old Testament in two weeks. Just, I could not put anything that had to do with Christ down. And uh, it was just, you know, within five years, I, I became utterly steeped in legalism when it was falling apart at the seams. And I was laying on the floor in my wife's lap, just hurting and hurting and hurting. We were going to abortion clinics. We were going to minister to prostitutes. We were doing seminary, but it became so an effort for me. I almost died. I remember laying on the floor hurting tremendously. And that's when God blew me out of the water with Malcolm Smith. And I realized I had become as a believer, just like Saul, arguing, demanding, and accusing. I love to debate. And then that epiphany again. Woo! Maybe that's the faith to faith and glory to glory God talks about. To realize, just like Paul, to quit, desist, and come to the end of myself. And just become saturated in his love and grace. And then over the next 30 years, just to see this continuing acceleration and transcending, basically getting to a place that I'm already at. <laughs> so you're not swimming upstream, you know, you're, it's like you're at the mountaintop. It's the mountaintop keeps growing. So anyway, but that's the epiphany that I had that's, that has affected my life and, and realized there, God gave me a song last year, Paul, from Bachman Turner Overdrive. But baby, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I believe this is the tipping point we're at. We haven't seen anything yet. Oh my God, there's so much. Yes, there's an intimacy and an eminency of Christ, and He's in us. But if John went 
as if he was dead. How much more is there? It, that's why it's going to take eternity. And we still won't, we still well, won't yeah. have it out. We still won't have it figured out. <laughs> Prophet in the Old Testament said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what uh, God has in store for us. And then the Apostle Paul adds to that. But now the Holy Spirit is revealing that to all of us. And what a wonderful time of revelation it is. And isn't that part of the tipping point, Paul, in the world today is yeah. the revealing that's going on. The revealing that the number of Muslims that are having dreams in the Middle East for crisis and they're getting radically saved just before they get killed. Just incredible what's going on. <laughs> it is. Uh, Wes, I've done about um, almost 300 podcasts. And I think this is the fastest 22 minutes have ever gone by <laughs> for me. <laughs> so what this we talked about uh, earlier, we're going to close this podcast up in just a minute and we'll take a couple of minutes to chat and you and I will do another podcast, which people will see a week later. We'll be wearing the same clothes, the same shirt, sitting in the same place. I don't want people to think that uh, that we wear the same clothes all the time or we haven't bathed. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's just that uh, they'll see it a week later. So before we finish uh, this particular episode, let's tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can connect with you. On Facebook right now, it's Wesley Tarpley, W-E-S-L-E-Y. Tarpley, T-A-R-P-L-E-Y. I'm also on Instagram. I don't use those that much, but that's coming. Now, in the near future, it's called PoeticJusticeOutreach.com. PoeticJusticeOutreach.com. Our adopted son, Luke, is setting us a great website. I've had him go to websites that are user-friendly, and that's where we're going to be incorporating the songs, the rap, like you said, the poetry, the musings, the stories, where people can take they can see Christ in every aspect of their life. They can, they can listen to a song written in the 60s and go, oh, my gosh, you ain't seen nothing yet. So that's coming down the pike, poeticjusticeoutreach.com. And under that is called The Musings of Ada. I write myself, I say, West Tarpley, The Musings of Ada. And Ada came from Lord of the Rings, and it means father in the elf language. So my wife calls me the elf lord around here. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wes, that's so exciting. And as we've talked before, I just see so many wonderful things uh, coming out of that. And, and I'm hoping to uh, see them up close and personal firsthand, which Amen. I'm excited about. So thank you, Wes, for being on uh, today. Honor, sir. People, people can see you on Facebook and Instagram right now at Wesley Tarpley and the uh, website is on poetic justice outreaches in the works probably will be up by the time people actually hear this podcast and so at any rate we've got lots to look forward to thanks to us thanks to everybody who's uh, joined us today and been a part of grace to all with paul gray see you all next time thank you for listening to grace to all for more about us how we can serve you and our special guest please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.